I'm Kevin McDermott. And I'm Casey Grambo. And we're performers at the CT Comedy Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. And while our physical theater is shut down due to the pandemic, we're excited to bring you our show, Little Worry, Big Worry, to you in this digital space. On each episode of Little Worry, Big Worry, we are joined by a very funny guest to talk about what we're worried about, the silly little things and also some bigger personal fears. We talk things over, we break it all down, and hopefully we feel a little less worried at the end of each episode. And I can't wait to do this episode with my guest, uh, no, my guest, my co-host, dare you. Casey, Casey Grambo. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see you and I'm excited to see my guest. I'm just getting ahead of myself. And it's I like you're a down. guest. Yeah, calm down. We're going to introduce the guest in a second. But yeah, I'm like your guest in the internet. It's okay. We're, we, I like, you know. You treat your guests with more respect than you do your co-hosts, don't you? You'd be yelling at me in I this do. room if we were like figuring out apps or something, but yep. you'd never yell at a guest. No, I treat guests like royalty and I treat you basically like a piece of garbage, which yeah. I'm, yeah. And you, and you, me. Uh, I wouldn't I, have said that you did it to me if I didn't know for a fact that I did it to you. Yeah. Oh, you treat me like absolute trash and I love you for it. So great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you. Casey, speaking of things that are not trash. Oh, yeah. Last week, uh, I recommended a couple of different varieties of apples, and mm -hmm. then I dropped off a couple varieties of apples at your beautiful home, uh, oh, which I saw you. for the first time. Yes. What did you think of the apples? Okay, so I've been saving them because I wanted to have the experience of eating them like right before we recorded, and not that I ate it right before, but I did eat one today, yes. and I, I tried the Envy apple, mm -hmm. and I will say, Kevin, it is as good as you described. Oh. Anyone, who, anyone who thinks that Kevin was making things up, that he's an exaggerator, you can all go to hell because this apple would send you to hell for eating this apple of knowledge. It is truly yeah. amazing, um, and honestly, it, I think it's my new favorite apple. I started oh. like guessing about like what I'm like, it's like a better gala apple. And then yeah. Nate and I were like Googling it. And apparently it is a crossbreed of a gala with something else. Okay. And I um, didn't know that fact. I, I, I think it's similar to Honeycrisp in, in some ways, mm -hmm. but it's just got better flavor, better crisp. And oh, I'm so it happy. It even that has you some it. earthy tones. And I'm not like an earthy tone person. Okay. Okay. There, you know, it was great. Good oh, rap. Well, that that makes me very happy. I'm. It's like, uh, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I eat apples all year round, but I feel like the experience of eating a really crisp, beautiful, cold apple, spring and summer, it's one of the great delights of my life. So, I'm so uh, happy that you liked it. Thanks for giving them to us. I'm gonna definitely get them next time. Uh, and uh, this hard. episode of Little Worry Big Worry is brought to you by Envy Apple. So, Thing made Envy in. Of New Zealand, y'all. Is that right? Yeah, we looked it up. Oh, shit. I, I just <laughs> recommended it, and you are schooling me. Um, well, I wanted to be prepared. I wanted to be able to speak directly to my experience. Oh, that makes me <laughs> makes me so happy. Um, I ate three apples today, and so I'm kind of in high season of wow. apple You're consumption. You're not going to see a doctor for the rest of your life. Yeah, hopefully not. Knock on yeah. wood. 
uh casey i'm i am so excited to see you and i am so excited to see our guest should we bring yeah bring our guest on let's bring her on let's do it so joining us today is an amazing connecticut-based improviser comedian and trainer she's performed and taught improv and theater throughout connecticut and all over new england and all over the country as well um please welcome our guest jamie geit Hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Jamie. Hello. I have to go. Um, I'm gonna go buy my apples right now. <laughs> we'll 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 vamp for 30, 45 minutes till you get back. You've sold it. I'll be right back. I'm glad that you're into it. I mean, it's always feels like extra joyous when our guest is into what we're talking about. So yeah. Fabulous. Jamie, how are you? I'm all right. I'm not going to complain. I'm still that's here. Good. That's I guess that's my low bar uh, for right now. I'm here. Right. <laughs> that's good. That's good. It is good. And I mean, the low bar is slowly getting dragged up by Mother Nature as, you know, the weather uh, gets better. Um, but I feel I feel you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to complain. It's good. The, the weather has been really nice. Um, I'm trying to enjoy this period before the cicadas come. Mm, so uh, just the screaming. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it's still it's quiet. The sun is out. It's nice. No cicadas yet. We're good. Very few ticks as well. I think mm. I think the the tick is to me as the cicada is to you. I fear mm. I fear the ticks. <sighs> and they come every year. Like yeah. what? What's that about? I, I don't know, but I the last three or four summers I've had numerous ticks, um, and I worry. Uh, you know, I can check myself, uh, Casey. I know you have a dog. Um, mm -hmm. I worry about my dog all the time with oh. ticks. And We're dogs. very fortunate that my dog has white hair and oh. is mostly like. If if you were going to describe his hairstyle, you wouldn't be like, he's got hair like a dog. He's mostly like a pig. Like he's got like a little bit mm. of hair like on his belly. So you can see a lot of the ticks um, just by looking at him, which is like kind of crazy. <laughs> you say, look at that pig. That pig has ticks. That little pig's got ticks on him. But I'm I'm worse off with ticks than our dog is. It, yeah. they, they They can hide on me like no tomorrow. Now, Jamie, oh. earlier you told us you have a chinchilla at I home. I do. No dog, but do have, uh, do have a chinchilla. Any tick problems with the chinchilla? Or um, so far, no, okay. because he doesn't really go outside. Um, uh, but I feel like I'm denying him an experience of the tick bite. <laughs> yeah, and so maybe I shall take him out. I, I Everyone don't... deserves an opportunity to get the bullseye at least once, right? <laughs> At least once. I'll take him out. And then I I'll, I'll report back. <laughs> I removed a tick from my son, and I used the burning match mm. end trick. He he delighted. He thought it was amazing. And I think it was the fear of, like, you're not going to put a burning match on me. Like, this, I don't know, it was, seemed bizarre and foreign to him. And then I stuck the match right on the back of the tick, and it let go right away. And he was like, that was unbelievable. That was daddy magic right there. Yeah. Daddy magic. So don't Hashtag deprive <laughs> don't deprive <laughs> your chinchilla of that experience. It may no, be I equally... too shall share daddy magic with him. I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna bring him out. <laughs> Just light your chinchilla on fire. <laughs> He's covered in fur though. I mean they have some of the thickest of fur, so 
So a lot um, to catch on fire. A lot to catch on fire. But when I put him out, he'll be impressed. I'm right? sorry, officer. I was just trying to engage in some daddy magic. I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> They're like, please yes. stop right now. I don't That's see enough. that going over well, is what I'm saying. So maybe just one tick. Oh, well, Jamie, it's awesome to see you. Um, and we're so thrilled to have you on our show tonight. Um, I'm going to get things kicked up. No, I'm not going to get cheese. Please. What is wrong with me tonight, Casey? Those three apples have gone to my head. You're leading <laughs> us off tonight. How dare you? How, How dare you? I? The second time I've been slighted. So I'm going to start us off with a little worry, y'all. And do. here's my little worry. My little worry is I'm worried that I'm never going to be able to make a playlist without feeling anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions right off the bat. I mean, I feel like I should let you ask them. How many playlists do you make? Like, do you, are you a um, you know, playlist a week kind of person or more more than this, that? This is a valid question. I feel like my anxiety has stopped me from becoming a more frequent playlist maker, but I'm currently in the middle of choosing songs for uh, wedding playlists. So, um, and I know everyone who's listening is like, that's enough about the wedding. We get it. Um, but, so you're but just stacking anxiety on anxiety on anxiety with Yeah, the... that's what I'm made of. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, where are you on playlists? What do you, what do you I am rock? a playlist master. Um, oh! because one, I grew up in the generation of mixtapes, yep. right? Okay. So I, I cut my teeth on creating playlists by listening to the radio and catching the song before the announcer spoke over them. So like, yes. so I then feel question like it's for just you, part Jamie, of my can makeup. You, can you do a playlist that's longer than 45 minutes on one side and then flip over for another 45? Oh, I sure can. Oh, I nice. sure can. Yeah. In fact, I've, I've gotten pretty horrible with my playlist uh, on Spotify. Like you can set up your own. But what I've really just decided to do was the never-ending liked list. Mm. Um, nice. And Which so there's no concern. Yeah, yeah like, no, it's it's a solid mix of random. Jamie, of I love. Random. I love. Uh, I'm. I think you know we're rough. We are the same generation, certainly. Whether we're the same age doesn't really matter. But I think <laughs> the old mixtapes required such diligence. Um, there was the process as you entailed of like hitting the record button at just the right time after the DJ threw the song, but also like the curation of the playlist mm -hmm. had to be really tight. And, um, I find on Spotify, it's just like a diarrhea of, of play of songs on my playlist. And I, I, I want to curate more, more carefully. Well, I also think that when, uh, I first started making playlists, um, that they were for someone. It wasn't just like my enjoyment. And so every song had to have a meaning, but there's mm -hmm. a freedom now. I mean, Casey, if you're making a wedding playlist, they just have to be okay. Because the truth is, if you have an open bar, they'll all be awesome. <laughs> that's all that matters. That's and, true. That's and throw in Copacabana because that's, um, okay. that's wedding perfection. <laughs> I honestly hadn't thought of Copacabana, but, you know, I think people would get a kick out of it. You know, I am thinking about, so I am next generation. So I was a burn CDs kid. Um, and like an iTunes kind of situation. Little LimeWire. Um, um, I was so afraid. I, I never 
torrented anything because I was afraid the police were going to come get me. Yeah, Metallica was going to sue you, going to come get you. I was like, I don't even know if I go to this website. I was such a scaredy cat, but I I have a question about, because I remember I, I was on the tail end of the mixtape or recording off the radio on a tape. When you guys, if let's just say, let's talk about like making a mixtape in general. Like, did, like when you were doing it, like did you have like a couple of tapes like that were in play that you'd be like, oh my god, this is a great song for this? T-? Or you, were you like working on one at a time? Would you have to be like doing them over a long period of time? So it sounds like this is like a huge investment in like recording an amount a number of songs to like give to somebody. Explain how this worked because I actually don't know. Ugh. Well, mixtapes with the radio, I for me, I recorded one at a time. Okay. And I caught the songs that I wanted, and those were just in the order that they appeared. Mm-hmm. When I went from that to having a, a boombox with two cassettes, because we were fancy then, then I could pick and choose the order. And Got then it. I went to burning CDs. And at that point, then, I would curate the whole list before starting it. Yeah. And that was fun because um, you got to draw. Like, that, I feel like, was, like, the joy of the burnt cd quotation marks mixtape is that you could like in sharpie like write all the songs on it and like make all of the like designs yourself which was fun okay you you ask i mean jamie has has highlighted perfectly the process the intent of the tape was so specific um seventh grade it was like peak Radner Rolls, which was the local roller skating rink. Yes. Uh, like meeting girls and mm-hmm. being aware of like uh, amorousness for the first time. So I would make mixtapes of all the songs that were most heavily rotated at Radner Rolls just so I knew them better so that I could roller skate better to them and maybe know like a few more words or like be able to better oh, impress those that I was so trying to impress. Um, a year later, peak bar and bat mitzvah season, just mm. needed to know the jams. I had a mixtape of all the hottest jams, and I was not a great dancer, but I was an enthusiastic dancer. So <laughs> Maybe you yeah. needed your roller skates for the bar and bat mitzvahs. Damn it! I never thought of that integration. So roller good. skating into a bat mitzvah that's not at a roller <laughs> rink. Just <laughs> into the four seasons in Philadelphia. Mazel, oh, yeah. <laughs> Mazel tov. <laughs> they always say leave them watching more. <laughs> but, or Jamie talked about earlier of like making a mixtape for your sweetheart. Oh, time honored. That was so great. Yeah, I think sharing music is incredibly romantic. I think, I think. I assign a lot of meaning to it. And, you know, even like driving around, like when I have things playing, I'm like, whatever I'm listening to, I feel like it really needs to vibe with how I'm feeling. And it, I want it to fit contextually with like where I'm going, who might be hearing it, like are my windows down? Like it very much is like a part of like what's going on. So I, I really start spinning out of control as to like what the, just all the context. And then I think, when everything gets contextualized, then I start worrying about other people's opinions about what I'm listening to or like, I, I, I have a problem with judgment. So uh, lots of anxiety about what other people think. And it's constantly getting wrapped up in what I'm choosing for music, which is like really a bummer because it is so fun. 
but I will say, I do think there are some like trip ups you can have when it comes to certain playlists. Like, and I think you guys might uh, understand what I'm saying when like, especially if you're a person that listens to musical theater, like if you have like a playlist jamming and then all of a sudden like Sweeney Todd comes on or something and it's just like this like old recording that's like mumbling, mumbling, da, 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 da. you know, it's like, um, I think that, I think if something, think, think, I think sometimes when things take like a, like th that a playlist can fail and i'm just like i just don't want the earth i want everything to kind of flow so, so you need a perfect playlist the, which the is impossible stakes are high, yeah. the stakes or, are high every time i know jamie is, has a lot of thoughts on the musical theater playlist so I, wanna... I i think the the other option because any musical song that you choose to throw into the mix is fine even if it's an earth moment what you need to do is get rid of the people that would pass judgment. <laughs> so curate your movement. guest list more yes. carefully than your playlist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love this angle. Jamie. I think Holy. everything's on the table. And then if people can't get on board with that, then, you you know, I think you need to look through your guest list. If yeah. your wedding right now, if your wedding playlist is causing you anxiety and see, oh. well, you need to just. We're, curb. we're just, getting there. We're on the right track now. Here we go. That's how you do well, it. I and like I my friends, that... but I like my playlist more. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you're right. I think that that's, you just have to just be like, I like it. And I, I don't think I'm going to have like a ert moment on any of these lists. I think it's just a perceived ert moment. Um, but uh... Jamie uh, and, and Casey both, I, we've talked a little bit about like, um, I, I exercise, you know, it's a very um, important part of my day. Uh, my workout playlist is very important to me, um, but I listen to it so regularly that it's like constantly being updated. Um, songs I that fall out of favor, get removed, new songs come on. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can role play wedding day, play the playlist and just see like throw a bunch of songs on there. Take them off. Put I've more been, on. I've, I've been Walk down the aisle. The music. And, I literally been like listening to the music to be like, how do I feel? How do I feel? And then I, I put a bunch and that's how I was making the lists. Cause I was like, Oh, this makes me feel great. Oh, this, this is like totally the sounds that I think would be great at this point or that point. And yeah, I've been really trying to reframe it as like, is this cool? Or like, is this right to like, what does this feel? And that's helping make it. But I think you're right, Kevin, now that I kind of have done. And I think, this will go into more playlist making, but now that I've kind of made some of the decisions to start building them myself and be like, okay, it are really kind of listening to myself, not, not being like, well, anyone else do this. Like just looking at the title, looking at the artist, you know, just actually listening to it and seeing how it feels. And when it comes down to it, you just follow Jamie's advice and get that jerk out of there. Who doesn't like, <laughs> You know, uh, it takes two to make a thing go right, you know, or Whoop! any other songs. Um, anyone who doesn't like that song is definitely not worth your time. I mean, that's <laughs> any just in general. That should be the first. Do you like this? No. Bye. Burn the bridge. I that, just that like, was on my, my vows. I open up my vows and it's just like. It takes two to make a thing go right. I tried for years to make, make it, it out of sight. <laughs> I tried for years to make it go right with one, but it doesn't work. It takes two. And that's why I want you. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's beautiful. I listen to DJ Rob Bass. <laughs> That's why I take you, Nate. Because <laughs> it That's takes beautiful. You. That's and I beautiful. fold it up, and my and the, everyone's crying, and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Got Casey, I, I think we've cracked it for Casey. Jamie, I have one more question for you. So the liked list, yeah. you can just yes. put that on shuffle, and off you go. Oh, yeah. And these are all just songs that are jams. And it's, you know what, my liked list is so, like, it covers so many different genres that you just never know what you're going to get. So um, my daughter introduced me to K-pop maybe, like, four years ago. There's a lot of Korean songs on there, which I listen to and I sing along, and I'm like, I don't know what they're saying. Um, But this has a great beat, and I love these harmonies. And then there's old school. um, So I will throw in, you know, Rob Bass or Jay-Z or whatever. Um once in a while gershwin will swing his way through oh hello yes <laughs> oh yeah like it'll be like you know um can i get a what what and then it goes right into like rhapsody in blue um <laughs> you know just just mixing yeah, it up it. there's a ton of steely dan yeah and so that's that's the jamie list and the truth is if you can't ride with that get out of my car um, i like it it's like russian roulette so you i mean I actually have a song Russian Roulette on there by a group called Red Velvet. Look it up. It's a good, it's great. They're great. There you go. Yeah. You guys, I feel less anxiety because I'm, I'm changing the way I think about it. Um, But it's really been a thing. Like I think because I've always, music's always been so important to me. It just brought this, this other like weird layer of um, the judgment um, along with it, which makes things not fun it makes the thing you love not fun so i don't want that (laughs) get those new friends and put some salt and pepper right in with some lin-manuel miranda put it all in there also also have you have you ever attended a wedding um where you felt the need to judge based off of the music like you're sitting there, there, you're ready to have a good time, and then you're like, "What is this? What?" You could have stopped before music because all I do at weddings is judge. I, <laughs> That's a, I had to specify Kevin for you because I knew, I knew. You're like, yeah, oh. Actually, I yeah. just judge. I just judge the food and the music. That is all. That is all that I judge. But. Well, I I don't know. Like part of me, I think I have my own. I think I have my own like. <laughs> what I'm trying to get out of a wedding is like, yeah, enjoy some food, like have a lot of drinks and like just dance my butt off. So like if it's not dancey, I'm like, what is happening? Um, okay. But I don't. So I'm like, I think I have a lot high expectations on myself because I'm like, I think I have been a little bit judgy and I shouldn't oh. be judgy. Hmm. So it's I coming back around. It's come. It's karma, baby. It's back. <laughs> So now I'm like, okay, you little jerk. Time to put up or shut up. <laughs> I feel but like you... everyone's going to be sitting there with scorecards now because you've made it like so well-known that you're yeah. concerned about the music where they're going to be like, this song, I'm going to give a five. Oh, my God. She had options. They're like, Just... I went on the knot and I ordered some uh, some printed um, in-theme scorecards to judge the wedding. <laughs> it's just like, lovely. <laughs> Some graceful botanical scorecards. <laughs> we were, my wife and I were relatively early in the getting married, like, wave. In your friends. Of, of our friend group. And um, so we, you know, we had our wedding. And then 
every wedding after that, we're like, oh, look at what they did. And I think so. I think other people, if they're later in the wave, they're going mm -hmm. to all their friends' weddings. Like, I'm going to do those flower arrangements. Those are so nice. Or that band was great. Or that DJ was great. Or whatever. Um, and yeah, it's like I do feel like that's so much of wedding attending, <laughs> especially when you're in that peer group that may be getting married or thinking about getting married at some. And point. I will say. There is like delicious pain on both sides of that because if you're the, if you're on the early end and you're like oh well we could, there's a lot of regret feeling right if if we're if we're talking about it in an exaggerated way in like the worst case scenario you're like oh why didn't we do that oh 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 but then if you're on the other end where like you're you know waiting 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 um you're like well that's amazing but I now I can't copy them. Like, you know mm. what I mean? Like, then it's mm. like everything's getting, like, snitch-snatched away. <sighs> yeah. I haven't been to a wedding that um, had salt and pepper Shoop play, so you can take that. Is it salt and pepper? I don't think it is, right? Shoop. No, yeah, it is. Shoop, it is. I was like, salt and pepper. Wait, oh, you yeah. haven't been to one that hasn't had it? No. The, I, I, you can take it. It's, That's all it's yours. yours. All it's every yours. it's everyone's but yeah i'm gonna take it anyway Hate it's it. on there it's on the list <laughs> well, we cracked I, have it. The I have the receipts to prove it it's already on there amazing, amazing. <laughs> i have the google history anyway <laughs> i i had no idea the serendipity of our guest being the playlist master that your I know. worry I would feel be addressed great. i feel great i feel taken care of <laughs> you need any other help you let me know okay we put together I'm, a mix, some suggestions, different moods. I'm gonna have you review my list and be like, mm -mm, mm -mm. yes, now yes, we're talking. yes. Now we're talking. I'm excited. Um, and now what we need from our guest is uh, your little worry, Jamie, mm -hmm. if you don't mind. Okay, so I'm gonna jump in with a different type of judgment. Um, uh, I'm concerned about ghost judgment. That is my worry. <laughs> I am worried. No, this is legit. I am worried about judgment from the other side. Um, that ghosts will judge you. Yeah, you know, um, here, here's the thing, right? Um, I believe that there is an afterlife somehow, somewhere. I, I have no clue what exactly that means. Um, but I do believe that there are spirits around us, whatever. Um, and I worry that the spirits that have chosen to, you know, be a part of my existence judge me and judge me harshly <laughs> um now part of this i'm sure comes from the tapes that play in my own head um but but i feel it uh, my husband's parents both passed away before we got married mm. and i've always felt their presence with us you know like when my daughter was born i really felt them around and now i just feel like judgment like i'm not doing enough it's not <laughs> good enough there's the sense of I would have never done that or I would have been a better parent or I would have made a more delicious chocolate cake. Like I just feel judgment from Ooh. the other side. So your in-laws are visiting from the afterlife. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's judgy. Yeah. I don't I don't. Um, <laughs> this is incredible. I have like, a... how do you how do you come? What do you do to just to fix that? You can't kill your husband to make him go talk to them. No, because, you know. <laughs> There would be, I think, more judgment, Lots you know, judgment. if I m murdered their son. I feel like that. Um, 
Well, that was going to be my suggestion, so I'll cross that off the list. I had a question while Kevin is crossing (laughs) off his other suggestions. Kill Uh, husband. No, okay. (laughs) But I'm wondering, so I very much um, am also in camp go surreal, um, and people can take that however they want. And I... I'm curious about when this hits you because I am a big believer that like, you know, it's, it's very much a feeling. So like, is this judgment hitting you? Like, as these things are happening, is it later? Is it different? I'm just curious about how, what does this feel like in your body and in your mind? You know, this is going to make me sound a little, um, you know, not sane, but no, it's fine. To me, it feels like I get a quiet moment to myself. I'm sitting down. I'm like, oh, I'm going to read this book or I'm going to journal. And then I get a voice mm-hmm. that's like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I see you left dishes in the sink. Or, oh, I see you're choosing to read to yourself, but you didn't read to your kids tonight. Wow. That's that's nice. Like, it's very snarky. Yeah. Um, and... It, I, honestly, it's something that I just carry with me. And then I'll mention it to my husband. And I'm like, I feel like your mom is judging me. And he's like, I don't know how to reply to that. <laughs> so he doesn't believe this is true. No, he does. He just okay. doesn't know how to reply. And, yeah. and this this goes back to when my, um, when my daughter was born. She used to laugh in her sleep. Mm-hmm. as a new like a new baby she would they don't know every how to laugh. night no and um she started talking around four months and That's by so the time cute. she was one yeah no it was crazy i was like where's the baby phase um like she would call me amy and greg egg and then eventually it became jamie and greg and i was like how about mom how about how about that amy um, and egg is so cute but she would tell us things about his father yeah and they were things that she couldn't have known. Like we didn't have the pictures up in the house at the time. We weren't talking about it. Um, like she would say things like, you know, he has a pipe and none of us smoked. So we're like, where did you even get that word from? Or um, he loves this country so much. He has on a Navy shirt and he served in the Navy. And we're like, what? Oh, wow. so I do strongly believe that their presence has been here. Um, I just, for some reason, feel judgment more from one than the other. And then, of course, the thought of that made me think of other people that have passed in my life that I love and honor and wonder if they're like, oh. (laughs) There's just a chorus. Like, it's this whole, like, you didn't wash your hands that time, Jamie. Like, (laughs) oh, yeah really you're not gonna shave you know like i just feel like this immense amount of outside judgment there's just an audience just nitpicking every move you make all day once in a while there's a high five oh Oh, you got those cupcakes done on time you know some affirmation with your uh in-laws does did can your husband share like were they particularly judgmental or they wouldn't have said it to my face okay that's what I've gotten, that the judgment would not have been out loud. It would have been after, you know, after I went home or after they went home, then they would have had the discussion. Um, and, and they're I, always quotation marks at home now on the other side. So they're just like, we're having it now. We're just going to talk it's about in your it ear. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think they're, you know, they're probably in my mind watching over. He's the youngest of six. You know, we've got their their children, their grandchildren. 
Um, so mm. I, I do wonder a little bit if that's, you know, me or if that's ghost judgment. I have a question. It's probably, I mean, it sounds like ghost judgment. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> because if you're like reacting to it, I feel like I very much know when my inner voice is like, when I'm talking to me, like that, I know that voice. If other things are talking or like, I'm like, something's not right here. Um, I feel like it is different. I don't know. But I, I wonder, do you guys live in the home where they lived or do you live in the town? It's not. No, 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 no. Mm, completely different house and by the way that ghost judgment goes into other things like when we look at houses i'm like we can't go in that one that one's haunted jamie were they southern or am i totally (laughs) making that up no they were not oh no okay no not at all one was from maine and one was from connecticut okay Mm. well i mean southern if you lived in canada you know the new englanders the most passive aggressive judgmental people that there are Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so your daughter like has a powerful connection to something otherworldly and unknown do you outside of this feel like you have that connection like is this a a generational kind of like connection to to things my connections have been in different ways like i've had um i you know i guess what some people would say is deja vu but i've had um two different experiences where i've gone someplace and i could tell you everything about that place i could tell you where things were located even though it was the first time walking in Hmm. um there was like this sense of familiarity of comfort and like i had been there before um but other than that like it stops there yeah, like it hasn't been the oh yeah, I, I sure know that there's grandma sitting in the corner, judging me for not being able to knit, which she might just. I mean, she was a wonderful woman. I find it so interesting the specificity of your ghost judgment because I was raised Catholic, and so I feel like I've had just this general. I mean, there's like, like oh, Jesus just, judgment constantly. It's, it's just a mist of judgment that like follows you all the time, but it's very non-specific. It's just like every action is being watched and judged and, and every... compared to dying on the cross it's yes. like oh yes. casey you didn't wash your hands that time well jesus died for your sins so maybe yeah. you should wash your hands <laughs> and you know and, and and that on a very like serious theological ethical and moral level but then santa claus on a very like a very different Petty. playful level but like that <laughs> dude is he sees you when you're sleeping jesus christ man and so, um, yeah, but I, I like this spe- or not like it's interesting to me, the specificity of your like connection to that judgment. Like par- it's like parenting and like connect. Like it's all very specific. They want to connect with the grandkids. They want them to be taken care of. And it's like it's a, it, but it doesn't feel antagonistic, does it? It's just kind of super passive aggressive. It's super passive aggressive. And it's it's oh, definitely funny. not the same as the voice in my head. And it's not the same as my upbringing. Like my mother was not passive aggressive. If she said it, it was aggressive. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there, there was no questioning what she means. Like it just, hey, you know what? You suck at that. Oh, thank you. Okay, that's great. Right? So, and I, I grew up Christian. I did not grow up um, Catholic. We were non-denominational. Um, so we uh, we had St. Nicholas, but we did not have Santa Claus. Oh. Like my grandmother would send us gifts from Santa and my mom would say, thank your grandmother. You know, like, so I didn't worry about his judgment, right? Yeah. He was just a pal. Um, this, is, <laughs> this is very, 
it is very different and it feels different. And I'm not going to lie. I do. I feel guilty and in those moments. And sometimes like, I'll, I'll just sit here and I'm like, okay. And then I get up and do whatever it is that I was, you know, whatever the voice was saying, like, all right, I'll go wash those dishes or I'll go so their judgment is wash not, the laundry. It's more uh, kind of a burden and not necessarily overly unfair. It, no, it, it's completely fair. Oh, there are yeah. moments that, right. like, okay, <laughs> you're right. God no, damn sensible ghost fair. judgment. Yeah, oh. no, completely fair. But okay. the funny thing is that that really has made me think about, well, wait a minute. Who else is around me and what else am I not doing to appease people that are like, I loved you and look at the mm. disappointment you've become. And that's where it gets unwieldy yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but right now this is this is the strongest sense that i have right and mm. i'm getting a little bit of judgment right now just for sharing it i'm gonna be i can hear it well, just say gonna... it loud say it into the mic y'all <laughs> i know right say... that would be amazing and scary and i would cry could you imagine one oh my god i would poop my pants <laughs> <laughs> Stop sharing family secrets. You know, like that would be really. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's my, yeah, worried a little bit about ghost judgment. I love it. And I think it's, you know, it's a little worry and it maybe is something that's like worth feeling a little, you know, worried about. Um, a little bit. It's also, I mean, it encourages me to get up and do things too. I mean, yeah. there are times when I'm like, oh, I'm tired. And then, you know, it's like, no, just. They're not going to be babies forever. Go hug them. They're not going to, you know, oh. you're not going to have time tomorrow. Go get it done. It's it's a positive push, but it's definitely passive aggressive. <laughs> so funny. I also That's want to good. mention um, that this episode is brought to you by Mission Impossible 6, Ghost Judgment, uh, coming to theaters, <laughs> starring Tom Cruise, the newest adventure yeah. of Ethan Hunt. Nice. Ghost Judgment. <laughs> if we ever do a team, the three of us, it's got to be called Ghost Judgment. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, I'm game. I'm and the down. truth is, it would be the four of us. <laughs> so good. <laughs> well, thank you, Jamie. That's amazing um, and very thought-provoking and very spine-tingling uh, little worry as well. My spine is fully tingled. <clears throat> <laughs> so I am now uh, going to offer my big worry. We're going to shift into a little bit more uh, weighty uh, big worries. But still, we're not going to uh, bring ourselves down too far. But I, I do want to share um, something that I thought of a little while ago. Um, my daughter, when she wakes up in the morning, will come down. And whether the the uh, stories are, are real or not, she will create and, and share, like, these amazingly elaborate dreams that she had. Um, and, like, wonderful images and stories and and things that she's experienced in her dreams. Um, and I have, I cannot remember a recalling a single dream um, that I've mm. ever had. Um, I will sometimes wake up with kind of like an impression of an image or some vague kind of like half recollection of some tiny moment, but I do not dream in like a narrative form, which I've heard a lot of people talk about or, you know, they'll have vivid dreams or even lucid dreams at the far end of the spectrum. But I, I'm worried that I have never remembered a dream from, you know, during sleep. And um, not so much from a physical sense. I, I sleep well. I wake rested. Um, I feel good through my day. So I'm not worried about my sleep in that, like, 
biological regard, um, but more just maybe the, I don't know, kind of the more metaphorical and figurative impression of like, I have never remembered a dream. And wow. that's it. Not that's it, but that's like, yeah. And that's, and that's, that's it. The, that's the crux this of my fun. word. Moving just on to our last then. segment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't know. My wife dreams pretty regularly and remembers her dreams. And my kids seem to, but I never do. Kevin, how will you ward off danger if you don't know it's coming? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> and it's concerned. a huge worry for a dad who wants to be a protector. I, I don't know. Concerned. And Kevin, I mean, you've always said that you're like, I don't worry that much. And I think it's interesting. Like your brain is like gives you breaks sometimes. I mean, like uh, dreams are a great place to worry. Um, I there's it is a it is it is it is anxiety stage it's like you know I, is that I, what I, you dream of your your dreams are filled with sometimes sometimes yeah, i'll yeah. have weird subconscious like things happening where it's like depending on you know what i'm watching or who i'm talking to sometimes people will make like random appearances and i'm like why the hell are they in this dream um i've had a couple of really interesting dreams um, I grew up in Pennsylvania for half my life and then moved to Connecticut for the second half of like my young adult life. And then, and here we still are. Um, but the, I would have dreams where I was in my old house or like I would, there was lots of like cross pollination of like people who are from one place being in other places. I one time had a dream and that that I I walked, sorry, talking about your dreams is sometimes it can feel kind of boring, but this is an interesting thing that happened is that I, I walked into like a field near my house and there was like this like old metal, like um, lawn furniture, like white, like intricate look, you know what I'm talking about? Like that old, like lawn furniture thing. And I, I remember in my dream, I walked by and I put a can of Coke on the table and then like the dream continued. And then like years later, I had a dream where I walked up to that same table and that freaking can of Coke was still on that table. And I freaked out. It was so bizarre. And there, and the, the, so I have this scope of like dreams where I like, remember, I have like an archival memory of some of them and I'll remember them from the beginning to end. And then there's some dreams that I'm like, if I like wake up and then go back to sleep, like those dreams are really vivid because it's like that time but i don't know i've never just like not remembered a dream if I, I i've never well i've always remembered dreams so i don't even know why you wouldn't be doing it and you will you'll regularly have dreams and recall them so like in yeah. a week you'll have a few days yeah what about you jamie i am a vivid dreamer uh, i can taste i can feel um it's I'm in a house with someone just like you, Kevin, who who rarely, if ever, dreams. And so I'll wake up upset and he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, I had this dream and I'm really pushed to the edge by it. And I can explain the whole thing. And he's like, I have no clue what that's like. Hmm. Like this week I had a dream. Um, well, so enough, you I did wake up and, uh, and I was upset, yeah. but I had a dream that um, I had my boys in the backseat of a car um, and the car was Kit from Knight Rider. You needed to know that. And I decided to go to the post office and I was like, oh, I'm just going to leave the boys in the car and go inside, which I would never do. Um, and then one of them was like, well, I want to go in. And I'm like, okay. And then the other one decided to come in. I'm like, lock the car, but nobody locked the car. 
Kit we went into the post itself. office, but he didn't because oh. we went into the post office. And when I came out, I not only had my kids, I had four other kids. Sure. Um, and Kit was gone. And I thought, well, I probably got towed because I parked in front of the post office. And um, we were like walking, trying to find a police officer to figure out where the car was. And the other four kids went missing. And then I went home mm. and I went to sleep. And one of the parents called me and I woke up right after the parent called me and I was like, I have to go back to sleep. I have to find the kids. I have to find the kids. And and yeah. it was this like weird, I knew it was a dream, but it was so connected to my reality that it took me a full day to get out of the funk of losing somebody else's children and then yeah. going home to take a nap. Like, uh, yeah, also, remembering dreams yeah. does sometimes mean remembering the emotions that were attached to it and whether you invited them or not and whether they're legitimately tied to whatever anxiety or feelings that you're actually feeling in your life it's kind of frustrating when they when they get a hold of your brain and they get a hold of your heart and they're like you feel like this and i'm like but what i didn't but i didn't do anything yeah. to deserve this <laughs> I'm Kevin, envious do you ever of both. just like wake up with like an uh, a feeling like oh I'm waking up and I'm sad or I'm waking up and I'm angry. Yeah, like, you woke up with a feeling. No, I I, I so close weird. my eyes, I sleep like a dead person, and then I wake up. That's 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 my experience of sleep. Like, and I, you know, according to my wife, I am like absolutely like just dead to the world, and I cannot be moved. I cannot, and so like that's my. Again, that's my experience of of rest, and and I do wake like feeling great and feeling revitalized, but no recollection of a dream. And so to hear you both talk about having, you know, even like physical manifestations of dreams and like being able to kind of like look at and control and live within this world, I'm like that sounds pretty sweet. Like that sounds really fun. First of all, I also it, 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 I, I envy the ability to just start freaking carte blanche and be like hello day i yeah. am starting without any weird i have to unpack whatever i just fucking dreamed up about yeah i think i would like to have it at some point you know I, I think that's you know maybe that is what i'm worried about i i this is a weird thing to say but like i think i have a decent imagination and decent creativity i'm like why doesn't that real world creativity manifest in my dreams where i could do some really cool shit or like you know or even experience some heavier or more profound type of of moments in sleep like i don't know i think yeah. I'd, I'd like that but i don't I, I, if i'm having it i don't recall it which again i'm not we're not neuroscientists here so i don't know the the explanation there may be one um but more just yeah, i wish it i wish i could oh kevin <sighs> Oh, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't even know what that would be like. Because it's true. I wake up and I'm I'm trying to work my way through whatever it was that I dreamt the night before, before mm. jumping into my day. Hmm. Um, hmm. Do you have dreams that are just like ecstatic and like over, you know, filled with joy and just like bananas cuckoo fun or... I don't no. think I have anything that's like no. bananas. <laughs> I don't think I have Absolutely. anything that's like bananas cuckoo fun. I think sometimes I'll be like, "Ooh, this dream's fun. Like uh, th yeah. this is kind of interesting, cool." But ne there's never anything that's like, uh, "Wow!" Like I, <laughs> I'm not waking up yet. Like it, it's, uh, yeah. I really do feel like I think that 
and I, this is no, in no way, shape, or form me placing any sort of like, and I'm summoning you up, Kevin. But like, if you really do Please feel me. like, ex- don't feel a lot of anxiety very often, I feel like that makes sense that you would go to sleep and your brain wouldn't be kind of like, you know, kind of winding down into a story of a feeling of a thing and then waking up and kind of getting back out of it. I really do feel like there is a sort of, it's a winding out and a winding in. But if you truly, I mean, when I'm tired enough, you know, if I've just spent my whole day like flat out and I'm too tired to be worried about anything, I probably don't dream too much or I'm not really, you know, coming up out of that dream with a lot of anxiety it's really good to talk to two smart and thoughtful adults because the the remain or the the rest of my uh conversations about dreams are with my eight and a half year old daughter so maybe my expectations are unfairly built by this girl who will tell me these dreams of just like you know extraordinary well, she's got an active brain yeah. i mean like kids have like endless energy right like i think yeah. they could even go flat out and then their brain's just like we gotta keep you know go and go and go uh i'm sure that's what's going on and the fact that they have lovely dreams means that they're probably having a really not that i think that people are experiencing night terrors or anything like that but that's like a brain chemistry thing right like uh I, that's not something that's like nurture related that's like that's something that's going on uh, potentially, right? Um, so that's good that they are feeling happy in their dreams. That's so cute. Now I feel like I'm missing out because I'm not having dreams of joy and excitement. Like I never have the, oh my gosh, it's me and Lin-Manuel Miranda and we're getting our Tonys together. Like it's never something like that. It's usually like, oh, I have to go to school and the school is connected to a mall, which is also connected to a hospital. And while I'm there. <laughs> and you can't get and, out and, of any of them. No, and yeah. and by the way, that is actually a common theme. Like, I never have dreams with one. The post office was connected to two other buildings. It's never just one. Um, and and rarely in my dreams do people present the way they do in real life. So I'll mm-hmm. have a dream, and let's say Kevin is in my dream. You won't look like you. Mm-hmm. You'll oh, look yeah. like somebody else, and I'll wake up knowing that I dreamt about you, which is all That's I dream really about, Kevin. <laughs> I just want one dream about myself where I have a long, luxurious head of hair. That's that's your ma- it into. manifesting, yeah. Yeah. I would like to. Well, thank you guys for helping kind of unpack a little bit of the of that worry. I, you know, I, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with me. It just it's a piece that's missing. Um, that yeah, I don't know if that will change, but uh, it's great to hear your thoughts on it. I don't want to. I don't want to extend this too far, but I'm curious, Kevin. Do you daydream? Uh, yeah, I think vividly. I think like I, I, oh yeah, yeah, and 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 even like as part of athletics, um, I visualize all the time. Um, mm. You know, as part of like training, and I think for many other fields, not just athletics, but in athletics, it is critical part of preparation to you know to visualize competition to visualize training to visualize you know different training modalities that you might be new to you and scenarios like you do that you can't see your own body you have to be able to be like imagine my arms doing the right thing and putting it yeah putting a physical thing into your body in your mind 
maybe your brain's tired from daydreaming and it's like we don't do night dreaming yeah (laughs) yeah that is true and i I, you know i love and this is part of i mean i love this show and you know doing these with you casey and the guests that we get to have on um because i i loved living in a world pre-pandemic where like i would get to do shows so regularly and like get to be with creative people so regularly where you can just essentially like is a is a improv scene anything more than like a structured dream on stage visioning yeah like Mm -hmm. you're just creating this thing or a bit in the green room of like that is some weird fun run that's essentially just like a, a dream in a different form um so i don't know maybe, i mean maybe that describing is improv shows people are like is this a dream you're talking about and it's like no no it's real but it was fake so yeah it's a dream you know it's anyway. me and my friends on stage making stuff up <laughs> too funny oh that's an interesting point i never i never considered that casey of like what in your waking life do you do with your you know, I, I I don't know if it is that same part of the brain, but yeah, I live in I live in a fantasy world so much when I'm uh, when I'm awake. Yeah, for sure. Holy holy cow, Casey! You really cracked that nut right there. Whoa! <laughs> nice job. So, Kevin, it sounds like you need one some anxiety and two yeah. dumb it down during the day, right? <laughs> dumb that down. And you'll have a dream. Yep. Yes. I'll pick up some of that anxiety and just shut it down during the day. There you go. Yeah. What yeah. a productive show this has been. <laughs> Amazing. This is that. That was fascinating. All right. Now we can move on. <laughs> and Kate, uh, Casey, we're gonna move on with Jamie sharing yes. our final worry of the night. Your big worry. Uh, my big worry is that I have never. I've never taken the big risk, like the, the, hey, this has no rhyme or reason. It's just something I want to do. Big risk. Um, mm. And I feel like I need to. Like, what is my story going to be? Um, I have friends that picked up everything and moved out of the country on a whim. I have friends that decided that they were going to backpack across Europe or, you know, mm. bike across the country. And even though I have, um, you know, a marriage and bills and three kids, it's never going to get any easier. And I feel like it's time, mm. right, to have like the big, I don't know, the big leap. So my worry is that, one, I don't know what that big leap is supposed to be. And two, that if I don't take it, that I'm not fulfilling part of my purpose. Mm. I love this. I don't want to talk. Say your thoughts, Kevin. I don't want to interrupt. I, I love the examples that you gave, um, yeah. Jamie, because they're life risks of like lifestyle, life, you know, the, the life you're leading and a, a an abrupt turn in those. I've never done anything risky in that regard. Although, yeah, I mean, like some when I was young, but like physical risk, uh, I'm not a jackass, like adrenaline junkie, but... I've done so many questionable, like physical things where I put my body and I've injured myself many times, um, you know, but I've never done the big like life risk, you know, and that's, it is, it's terrifying at at a certain level. Um, But I feel like there's also a lot of in the ether, like people saying, you know, pursue 
what you know your passion take the risk like there's a lot that is driving people towards that end um but i'm with you i've never i've never taken the plunge on selling my house and buying a boat or you know anything like that um you know raising my kids in the caribbean and teaching them school above a coral reef now that sounds awesome yeah I think you found it. Um, I'm done. Rez and the podcast. (laughs) How close have you come, Jamie? Like, have you have you stepped to the edge and backed away a couple times? Or oh my gosh, no! I am the biggest chicken. I mean, down (laughs) to like, you know how everyone is now interested in like looking at houses online, right? So Zillow is is the destination date day as we're all stuck inside, right? Like, my husband and I will look at houses that we definitely cannot afford. We're like, oh, let's look at that $58 million house. And we're looking through the house and these are my comments. Oh, yeah, one of the kids would fall off of that. Or, oh. You're like living very realistically through this like completely right? so made up. <laughs> I have the ability to dream what I mean, if I want, I can have like a $200 million house in the land of Zillow. I'm not buying it. And I'm still just like, that French country sink sticks out just enough that I'm going to catch my hip every time I walk by it. Like, I just, <laughs> I just want to have, like, a, a risk. Like, oh, you know what? I need to, I don't know. I'm going to go out and audition for Dead Body Number 3 in Law and & Order or something. Like, I, I just feel like I've never, I've never taken the big risk. Everything has been super calculated. And I, I want to have at least one. Mm. At least once. And and by the way, it's it the, the choices are bring the family with me or abandon them. And then that would be the big risk, right? <laughs> it could be something, yeah. The, the thing is small, but the risk is abandoning your family for you know for I'm gonna fill go in the start blank. a marshmallow farm, but I'm leaving the kids. Like something, <laughs> you know. You know, it's so funny. Well, first of all, I'm on also in uh on team um of uh, of uh, risk averse. Um I I feel like a lot of, I feel like these things you're describing, they kind of require a huge change that causes some discomfort. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And not that I feel like I'm someone who's like, I want to be comfortable, but I think that the fear of the discomfort leading to like, um, what's the word? Failure? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, When it's like, you can't actually fail at taking a risk it just you just make another choice and that's something that i just don't think i thought i've thought about um like a dumb example is i was in a play in college and the director asked me to cut my hair short for the play and i said no and i'm like why like why did i say no like why didn't i just like take the opportunity to do something that to me at the time felt completely insane, but I like couldn't get past my own anxiety of like what that risk could mean. Um, and I just felt so dumb. And like the, looking back on it now, I'm like, oh, and I wish I would have just done it. Cause that's like a fun story. Like that one time in college when my hair was like a b- boy haircut, it was so short. And it was like, cause I, I was relaxed enough to just do something wild. And, I do. Yeah, I get what you I totally understand what you're saying. And that is a period when you are encouraged to take those kind of risks and, you know, leap before you look 
you know, working with college kids for 20 years now, it's interesting when you see a junior or a senior trying to calculate what they're going to go do, because they're at this natural inflection point where the world is open to them in many regards of like, where do you want to live? What do you want to pursue? What what kind of house do you want to live in or apartment? Um, But Jamie, now you and I, we've been at a stage in life for the past 14 or 10 years where it's like there's not a real natural inflection point for change you know it's like you start to have a family and kids and houses and careers and you're like well maybe there could be a career shift or a big career risk but i don't know they they get harder and harder to make because there's less natural off ramp to, to something else right And I, Casey, second year, not jumping in college. I mean, there were opportunities that came and I was like, ah, I'm working to pay for school. I can't go start something now or I want to be close to home. I can't go do it now. So I just feel like there is something out there right now that I have yet to figure out what it is. And maybe I need to listen to some of my ghost judgment to figure out where, you know, that's going to take me. But um, that needs to happen. I, I just feel like I'm going to get to, you know, a certain age where I look back and say, you had another opportunity and you didn't take it. So I, I would like to do some sort of big risk, whether I succeed or not, that I can look back and say, I did it. Mm. I support this. I, I, the way you described this, like, I almost started imagining like parallel universes where like you start like imagining like not necessarily like what could have been if I did that, but just imagining yourself like existing and being fine in the parallel universe where like you took the risk and maybe it's not like it worked out, but like you can just see yourself like, like I literally just for a second was just like imagining myself with short hair, like sitting in the building where I lived in college and I would have been fucking fine. Um, Well, you'd be a bank robber now. Because if you had cut your hair and I would have gone bad, I would have gone fall bad. That's the clear path downhill, right to bank robbery. You know, my parallel world is uh, Kerry Washington. There you go. We were born on the exact same day. No, and I no seriously, and I watch her in commercials in the exact same room (laughs) from the exact same mother, and I look at her (laughs) and I think, why did she keep you? Every time I see her, I do. I think to myself, like, she made different choices. She made, you know, she made the riskier choices. And I wonder, like, okay, well, what's my path now? I don't want it to be safe the entire time. I want to have some choices that somebody's like, man, that was a dumb choice. But look at where you are for it with now two broken legs. Now just one. <laughs> I'm curious. But if you... you did it. I'm curious if you feel this too, Jamie. There's a part of me that wants to, like, continue to have wings and like explore and do you know and keep going there's also a part of me that like really likes being settled oh yeah um you know like we live in a neighborhood and a town and a place and like i really like where i am and that's a privilege you know so i don't know i i don't um say that lightly i realize how lucky we are to have that um, but that like also kind of diminishes my urge to like go do something wild or do something crazy because I really feel content like with kind of where I 
am settling. And that usually has such a negative connotation to it. But I do, I'm like, no, I like roots my are roots. beautiful. Yeah, I like this nest and I like these roots, you know. See, I, I feel like I like my brood, right? Mm. I love my family and I'm willing to now take them along for the ride. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Get out. Get in and kit. You- get in kit and get the hell out of there. It's gonna be a tight fit. He only well, had room for two, but we're it's gonna not make a very it happen. Practical car, you're right. Yeah, I have like though. I have like R- you you and the fam and R V across the country, like in my mind. Like I'm I there must be some sort of like there are risks that you can take that there would be no failure no success that's just like a choice and it happens and and the success is just that it it happened um and i i hope that you do it and it sounds like you've got i don't even think you'd be thinking about this if you didn't think that you had a family that would support do making the change or at least consider it because i feel like people who really don't believe things to be true or possible actually speak them out loud unless they think that somebody wants to hear them so i think that it's very possible um and and i think i i just hope that all of us can the world can you know maybe start removing the idea of risk with like uh, uh, disassociating risk with failure um because you know in improv we get the direct pleasure of getting to do full risk knowing that full well that we could fail and many times do but when it comes down to it there's no consequences like because we don't assign consequences to the failure right so um i think that you can totally do it this this is We've talked about this a little bit about like success, finding satisfaction, talking about risk, but I think that yours is a little different. And I feel um, excited that you're on the front end or that you're on the front end of being able to make it happen as opposed to looking back and being like, why didn't I take a risk? Like you still have like, I like that you are like, it's time. Like I'm feeling it that it's time and that's cool. It's it's definitely time. And the way that I feel about it, one of two things will happen. Um, I'll take the risk and it'll be something amazing that I come back to you guys and I'm like, put me back on so we can talk about this risk that I took. Or you'll see me on the news and you'll say, wow, Jamie, that um, that was not the risk to take. <laughs> Bank it's going to be one of the two. It's well, just me with short hair and JB and we've got guns. And we're just like... <laughs> Once again, I'm not moving anywhere very quickly right now. I'm still yeah. hobbling with my broken leg. So if you wait a couple of weeks, I'll rob a bank with you. Sure. All right. All right. Let this be. This podcast is brought to you by Bank Robbery. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's funded by the. It'll be back funded by the funds that we steal in the future. Yeah, it's fine. It'll be. It's, it's retroactively fine. funded and brought to you by Bank Robbery. <laughs> it happened when Jamie takes her risk and Casey cuts her hair. Oh my gosh! Finally. Well, taking the risk wow. is. Uh, yeah, it's it's scary. I Obama wrote. I think it's in um, his first book that one of the beautiful things about America is that its ability is its allowance to a is that it allows people to constantly reinvent themselves. Um, and that's a pretty, I don't know, I've thought about that often of like, yeah, you can reinvent yourself. I haven't chosen that path, but there is space for people to, you know, explore and take those risks. So let the, the amazing Barack Obama just 
quoting Barack Obama. What a moron I am. Oh, no. That was, was stupid. Kevin, the audacity yeah. of, of quoting. <laughs> He's like right here. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. We're good with Obama. You can you can Just, throw it away. Yeah, that idea that you can constantly reinvent yourself. And think of his reinventions. Like what an amazing, amazing path, you know, of like – constant reinvention at any rate we're going to see you on the news no doubt in some context jamie but thank you for sharing both of your worries with us tonight casey oh fun oh that was awfully fun um we're gonna move on to our final segment of recommend something good um casey do you want to lead us off or i can absolutely lead us off because here's what i have for you kevin so i'm gonna well i'm gonna i'm gonna walk it back so right now I'm reading a book, which I'm not going to recommend to you. Um, this book is a book the called... Book do not recommend. Don't Let me be it. clear. I do not recommend this book. Uh, sorry, but... But it's related. So um, there's this fabulous woman named Sandra Goldmark. She is a um, professor of theater um, at Barnard. And I know of her because she's an alumni of Yale School of Drama, where I do my job. And she is also a climate uh, justice uh, person. Like she's, a, uh, this is not clear, but she, she's working towards making the earth more livable in, you know, five years or whatever. The and you do recommend that. And what I'm going to recommend, the yeah, recommend earth. saving the So not the livable, no. So, I do not recommend the book still. But I do recommend a livable. I do recommend her book, but because I've already asked you to read a book once, I'm going to recommend you just like Google her New York Times article, which talks about her work um, about fixing things and how changing the way we engage with our stuff helps us become more uh, environmentally conscious. And um, she created this like pop up called Fix It in New York, where people were her and like theater makers were like like props people and stuff people who are naturally doing all like the fixing things and mending backstage or like fixing people's stuff and um it's really interesting uh so yeah look up sandra gold do sandra goldmark new york times and read her article um and then if you're hooked then i I will re-recommend the book well, it sounds just in your description it sounds thematically like there are some tie-ins to how to do nothing um, absolutely awesome which i love i'm nearly finished i honestly I have about 25 or 30 pages left in that book and i do love that recommendation that you made um and so sandra goldmark i will look that up uh post haste that is awesome quickly um, what do you have to tell me about well i anybody who knows me this this recommendation is going to come as no surprise that tonight i'm going to recommend tulips going to recommend some tulips to everybody um so elizabeth park uh which is in you know kind of right near where casey and i live um casey and hartford and me in west hartford um we're just Elizabeth- hugging elizabeth park me and kevin on both sides we are. We're just like <laughs> we actually yeah, absolutely are <laughs> um they're known for their roses and and there's a world-class famous uh internationally known rose garden but their first like brilliant and extraordinary flower display are the tulips. So they're in the greenhouses now. And oh. I was up there with my kids last, uh, last two weekends ago, sorry. And so all of the tulips are in the greenhouses. 
They're going to go in the ground and right around Mother's Day. So about two and a half weeks from now, they are brilliant at their peak right around Mother's Day. So go to the Tulip uh, Annual Garden in Elizabeth Park. They change the display every year. Um, have you been there, Casey, and seen this before? The I have, I, yeah. but, oh, but awesome. not. Um, but I haven't been clocking it as like an active, like just like thing that they're doing. So I will look forward to being more mindful about being like this is something they designed, and this yeah. is like a, this time of year thing. The layout is very precise. They have a map of all of the varietals of tulips. Um, it's it's extraordinary and like a, a treasure. Honestly, it's it's amazing. Um, and so the tulips, the, what, what they say is uh, tulips at Mother's Day, roses at Father's Day. So Yes, that's the climate. And yeah. I was just thinking about how striking red tulips are with daffodils. Because like, I've been like walking around the neighborhood and it's just like, obviously, like pink tulips, you're, you're cute too. But like red <laughs> tulips, mm, will you but, marry hey, Take like, a back seat, <laughs> pink tulips. You're riding in the back of Kit. Red tulip, you're up front. Let's yeah, go. red tulip, super cute, looking great. Um, I love it. But th- the great recommendation. I look forward to it. And and Elizabeth Park, just in general. I mean, yeah, it is a so spectacular. Keep going if you're not there already. Yeah, yeah, seriously. seriously. That's where we shot our engagement photos. Was with the tulips at Elizabeth Park. Couldn't so find a better. Beautiful. Uh, amazing. amazing. So still a favorite. Jamie, before we go, we wanted to give you some space to recommend something good or plug something or just like give us a you know, final thought. The space is yours. Awesome. I was going to recommend a book, but I felt so much judgment from um, Casey on this one that um, I'm not going to anymore. If anything, I'm going to uh, recommend for everyone out here to take an hour to yourself. I feel like this is the one thing that we're not doing enough of. And by an hour to yourself, I mean, like, shut down, get offline, shut everything down, get out of your house, go for the walk, put your music on, play your curated playlist, Mm -hmm. um, and just take two seconds to be inside of your own head. Kevin, for you, don't go in your head because you're saving up for a dream, right? So don't, but everybody else, one hour to yourself. Because that's what I plan on doing after this to think about my big risk. Fantastic. Oh, I love that. Thank I you. love it when the guest uh, wraps up our show for us, Casey. Tied it in a bow. Oh, Jamie <laughs> brings it. We knew she would. Amazing. The great Jamie guy. Thank you so much for being our guest on Little Worry, Big Worry. Um, Casey, we'll be back uh, with another episode next week. We will. All right, you guys. See ya. Thanks, audience. Bye. Good night, everybody. Good night.